This podcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College. Welcome to the Summit Show. I'm so happy to be in the studio today, and I have one of my favorite people in with me. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> Sherry Anderson. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Is this only the second time you've been on the show? Only the second time. No way. Well, we did two last year, but but you haven't been on just alone ever. No, ever, never. Oh my goodness. Okay, so this y'all, must be a god thing. This is a god thing. We miss Dr. Gypsy, who was supposed to be here. Yes, very much. So. But I get you all to myself for an hour. The audience gets you all to your to themselves for an hour and that's cool gypsy has a great testimony too so we're gonna get her back when she's better Mm -hmm. um but you have a really incredible testimony dr sherry and i don't believe you've ever shared it on radio before uh no (laughs) (laughs) no i did not Uh, so there would be no reason to broadcast it (laughs) well for the glory of god and to show people really like what you've been through and how god has redeemed your life is just incredible so Let me preface the show by saying, hello, welcome. For those of you who have never heard this before, we are Summit Bible College. Dr. Sherry is the manager of Summit. She's been there for over two years, and she is a graduate. She's earned her doctorate. She's earned her master's. Um, I believe you've earned two doctorates. Two doctorates with Summit, yes, and two master's in the secular world. (laughs) So she's been around, and she knows the ins and outs of the college, um, very intimately as she is the head administrator and has just really helped take us to the next level. She was a part of our move. We recently, well, it's been a year now. It's been a year. Yeah. I just got the memories on my social media. It was a year because it was September last year that we moved into our new building. So we're a Bible college here in Bakersfield, California, but we're online. And in fact, we started predominantly online as an online college back in 1996 when online school wasn't even that popular. (laughs) So we were way ahead of the game. We were way ahead of our time. And um, we were in a smaller building downtown on M Street for many, many years. And now we have just, like I said, within the last year, moved into a building that's about four times the size. And God is just really growing our ministry and um, really continuing to equip people to help those in need, which is our mission statement. And so I have Dr. Sherry on because she's amazing. And this is definitely a God thing because aside from the fact that we are promoting a women's conference that we will be talking about, (laughs) um, it was definitely due time to have you on the show just to share your testimony. So, um, let's get into it in just a moment. Before we do that, what are we doing in October, Dr. Sherry? Wow. Let's see. Not Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) But we are having our our Abide Women's Conference. Last week, or last week. (laughs) It seems like it was last week. Is it not? Yeah. A year's gone by, and that's just crazy to me. Um, Last year, we had the Awaken Conference. Last year, we had the Awaken Conference, and um, it was just amazing. It was was truly amazing. We were blessed with so many women, um, and just everything about it was amazing. It brought you, Caitlin... Um, Gypsy and myself together. Uh, that was, I think that that was the best blessing for me is because um, just three women who are strong, strong willed. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else to say, you know, what are we? <laughs> but we're, anyway, but it, we're it, leaders. We're we all are leaders. leaders. And in our, yeah, in our own way and stuff. And it's just like, and it was just, it was absolutely wonderful to, um, that God brought us together the way He did and that we become sisters. It's no longer friends. I, I really truly believe that we are sisters. We've got each other's back. And I absolutely love that. Back to, 
what's going on in October, um, we are now having what we're calling an Abide or Abide Conference. Um, last year we called it Awaken because people were sleeping. We needed to get them awake and, and aware of God's what's going on and, and God's love. And this year we, um, as Caitlin was saying earlier in a conversation off air, um, there is uh, everybody's just so busy and we need to slow down and we need to learn how to abide. We need to learn how to give ourselves to the Lord, trust Him, and have that faith to walk walk with Him and not in front of Him. So that's what's going on. And it's going to be Sunday, October 8th, um, from 12 o'clock to 530 um, at the Westchester um, Event Center, where it was last year. Yeah, we have people actually flying from out of state to come to this. Yes, and from we Florida. encourage you. Yeah, we encourage you to come from out of state because it's going to be that powerful because God shows up. When his people show up and praise him, he encompasses the praises of his people. Um, and this conversation is centered around God. We're talking about, you know, how do you abide, right? And then the verse on the flyer is John fifteen nine. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. We're going to have worship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be mostly women, um, all women in attendance, but all women ministering with the exception of one man who has a heart of a father. And the reason why we like to bring a man in to speak is because women have wounds toward men. And sometimes it takes a man to break them free from the wounds that they have. And I couldn't have found a better guy because Papa Al, I call him Papa Al, um, but he's Pastor Al Jones of the River in Bakersfield. Um, I see my engineer Greg nodding his head over there. He must know him. Uh, He's just so safe. He's so loving. He just oozes the Father's love and he's a great speaker. I mean, one of the best sermons I ever heard in my entire life was spoken by him and it was so funny how I heard him Dr. Sherry, because I know you've had this happen because you just seem like the type where you'll wake up in the morning on a Sunday and you'll just be like, hmm, I'm supposed to go to this church today or I'm supposed to go visit this church. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's cool. I guess I'll just go visit this church. He's, his church is awesome, but it's not my home church. But I woke up a couple years ago and, um, just had this very strong urge to go to the river. And when I went, he preached the sermon about the woman at the well. And his whole sermon was about how she took her water jug to go to the well to fill up her water at a time of the day when no one else was around because she was scorned in her community, shamed in her community. She had a really bad reputation and she went um, a long way to fill up her water. And um, when she met Jesus, she left her water jug. Yep. And she ran into the city and told everybody about Jesus. That's who I met. Right? And so it's just, he would say, he would say that throughout his sermon. He would say, she left her water jug. She left her water jug. And it's just such a point because when you meet, he kept saying, when you meet the man, Jesus, um, your whole path and plans get interrupted. Oh, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. You know? Yep. He kind of had me on a path. He didn't have me on a path. I was not following the Lord. But, um, yeah, no, I do see that. It's just like when he calls and you actually do hear him, it's amazing because he takes you from where you are, in my case, totally broken and lost, and put me on an incredible path. So I totally, I left my water behind. (laughs) 
<laughs> you left your water jug behind you, and yes, then you I ran did. into the city and told everyone about him. <laughs> everyone, anybody that I could, anybody that would listen to me. <laughs> so let's actually go there right now because it's mm-hmm. a good open door. You have been a Christian now for how many years? Um, in January will be six years. You're not a baby anymore. I know. I try to be, but <laughs> you not. would say you would say when you first came to Summit a couple of years ago, I'm still a baby I'm Christian. Still a baby Christian. <laughs> but you're really not because no. he's first of all, he's expedited you, your yes. process. Yes. He um, gave me a seatbelt. He gave me a seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> told me to And an airbag. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You so yeah, click on and because we're moving ahead. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. So there's a lot of pain though in your story and your testimony actually starts, um, you know, the painful part of your testimony starts when you were a little girl. Um, right. So, uh, segueing into that last year at the awakened conference, you spoke and it was your second time ever speaking in front of a crowd. And the first time ever speaking in front of a crowd was just the day before that. Right. <laughs> and with my journey group. So yes. you had two um, major speaking events within one weekend. Um, sounds exhausting, if you ask me. It but was, I was emotionally <laughs> drained. But it sounds good, too, because even though you were tired from sharing all of the stuff that you know, you're going to touch on today, even through the radio, um, there's also a weight that gets lifted off of you, don't you think, when you share um, your testimony? I, I'm just I'm going to skip all of that and go right to the end of that um, of actually both speakings and just say, yes, I was free. I was free after sharing everything that the Lord wanted me to share and after fighting with him. As long as I fought with him, um, I, the the enemy has no strongholds on me. So I am free from all of that. So I remember you telling me that before the women's conference last year, um, as we were leading up to it, you were saying something along the lines of, Caitlin, this is really monumental for me because I'm going to share something I've never shared. And you were like, it's going to free me. You kept saying that it's going to free me. It's going to be part of my freedom. And honestly, like my jaw was pretty much on the ground when you shared your testimony because <laughs> I had already known you for a couple of years, almost at least yes. a year and a half. And it was things that I don't, you just don't go around telling yeah. people. But I mean, I felt like I really knew a lot mm-hmm. about you and we've had several intimate conversations and prayer time and different things. Also rough times too, that we worked through. Yeah. And when I heard that in the, meeting at the awaken conference my jaw was literally on the ground and i was just amazed well i was brokenhearted for you first mm-hmm. of all and i think that every woman in the group was so invested in you mm-hmm. like i i saw people just kind of flood to you at the end they did you know and then people were coming up to me and saying oh my gosh like dr sherry took so much courage to share what she shared and then other people came up to me later on and said, you know, I've had a similar situation that I never shared, but she gave me courage. And so I was shocked because I think on one hand, it's because of how much God has already healed you and how, how much I've seen him through you. You don't walk around Dr. Sherry, like this, like wounded person who's like, has a, like a A crutch or something or a chip on your shoulder (laughs) or like a crutch or something, you know, like you're like, limping around but side note pastor al told me something the other day when i went to meet with him about speaking he was like don't trust a leader without a limp it was a side note that i'm giving here because he brought up the fact that like you know we do all have a limp jacob had a limp like we do have wounds you know what i mean so there is an aspect of us where it's like the humility of god is seen through our limp yes but what i meant is um like you don't walk around like you know you're just wounded 
person. Like you I'm radiate. Not a I'm yeah, not a victim. That's a great way to say it. Thank you. <laughs> you put the word in my mouth that I was trying to find. You're not a victim and no. you radiate um, redemption, you know, through your, through your life and through your story. Um, so all of that to say back to your story. It started when you were a little girl. So why don't you just go ahead and share with us a little bit on that or as much as you feel led to share? Well, um, here's the thing. When I was telling last year at the conference, uh, I had I had prayed to the Lord because I didn't know how to how to segue any of this into, uh, a, you know, my my talk. Um, anyway, the Lord just took over. And so I remember opening by saying, I'm nervous. <laughs> and I just remember the end saying, throwing my hands up and saying, I'm free. So I don't ever remember anything that I had shared with any anybody. So um, I just prayed that they heard what God wanted them to hear. But you were raised in an abusive home. Very much so. Um, but it came from both parents. Both parents. Different yes. forms of abuse. My earliest, yeah, my earliest recollection um, of abuse, physical abuse, well, phys- physical and actually I, well, verbal and psychological verbal, yes yeah all of them um was when i was four years old and it was w- with my mom she was teaching me how to tie my shoes and um i vividly remember um a, a wooden a dustpan brush with turquoise bristles and that's that still stands out to me today because um every time that i would mess up the rabbit or the, the little rabbit hole or how, however you're supposed to tie your shoes um i would get um smacked with that um you know i'm four years old i don't i didn't know but yeah i just remember i just remember being hit with that um several many times thrown off the bed into the corner and i remember the the very last time that um she said okay this is it she goes if you don't get it this time she uh, you know she would tell me that i was stupid and you know we all hear that but when you're little and then you get raised that way it's just you know i'm stupid all my whole entire life so we'll get into that later but um yeah i remember not being able to finish tying my shoe and i just remember the brush being thrown at me and it hit me in the eye so i had a black eye um and then i i remember her covering um covering it up telling you know my dad had asked me what had happened and um you know she had she had said I had ran into the counter or something like that. And, um, you know, it just, it was what it was. This was my life, you know. And, and so these incidences that I, um, that I that had happened throughout were, um, it just, it, I don't know. It just happened all, all my life, put it that way. Um, so anyway, with that being said, I, you know, you just, you kind of move on. I mean, I'm young. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know God. I don't know nothing. You know, I'm just, I'm little. What do you do? What yeah. do you do? So do you feel like there was times in your, um, in your childhood uh, that God showed up? Did you ever have anybody? Oh my gosh. You did know you what? ever have anyone invite you to church or anything like that? Um, I remember going to church when I was about 13 I think it was 13 um I still didn't know I still didn't understand the whole relationship thing um but I knew um I knew that there was God I believed in God there was no reason for me not to but the only reason that I went to church was because that's what we were supposed to do so it it held no value to me and you know so then I would just go and be you know with the with the um the teen group and you know we would do things and stuff, but um, but it was never the real. Was, to you? No, no, it was just hanging out. I was just hanging out with a bunch of friends. 
So, um, were there any moments, even in your childhood, that you did feel the presence of God, or that you prayed to God, or um, did that just not come later? No. Oh, really? No. Um, I think the very first time I um, I prayed to God. Oh my gosh, let me fast forward. Um, a long time, you know, it was it was for my kids. It was when I had my kids um, and seeing some of the struggles that they had went through and stuff. Um, but even then, I didn't, you know, I used, it's like, I know that he's not a genie in a bottle, but that's kind of how I used him. It's just like, hey, God, you know, I need you right now to do this or, you know, and it, and so it was never sincere on my part. Um, but I believe that whatever I was saying, that he would hear me. I really believe that he would hear me. Wow. Um, so w- were there events that took place in your life um, used as a block to your experience with God? Like, for example, kids that don't have dads, mm-hmm. um, they have abandonment issues, right? They don't have fathers. Um, they may have a hard time like uh, encountering God as a father because they don't know how to encounter a father. Um, what do you feel impacted your life as a child in such a way that put a block between you and God. What was the block, do you think? If you could say one block or a couple of different blocks. Because you didn't come to the Lord till I was 53. You were 53 years old. So there's a whole 50 years of life. So it's like, what was the block there? As a child, I don't know. I was raised Catholic. So um, there's that. And um, not that I'm, I'm not criticizing being Catholic or anything like that, but it was, it was a confusing time for me, and I didn't, I didn't really understand the catechism and, and um, the, the First Communion and, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, so, but it, it wasn't, um, it was just, I think it was just a dumping place that my, you know, my mom just dumped us off, and, and that's what we did. So it's just like, I, I just always felt like I was being baby, babysat. I guess, you know, and so there was that. And then uh, then we went to um, uh, another church that was, uh, it, it, it too was, it was not, you know, it, it, it just wasn't full. It wasn't what I was looking for. I don't even know what I was looking for, to be honest with you, because, but we just had to go. It was stuff, stuff that we had to do, if that makes sense. So your mother was very abusive to you, but your father was also abusive to you. Um, yes. And uh, when did that start? That started, um, I want to say, when I was about 10 and a half. And what what happened? What was that like? Uh, it was a shock. Um, I just remember my mom and dad fighting one night, and um, my mom ended up leaving. And uh, I woke up to my dad touching me. Um, in areas that dads aren't supposed to touch you. And it was um, disconcerting. And I just, I just pretended to stay asleep because I didn't, I didn't want, I just couldn't, I didn't want to be awake. I wanted to stay asleep, you know. Um, And this happened several, many times. And every time my mom and dad would fight, I would, that is when I would talk to God now that I just now think thinking about that it would be please god don't let him come into my room that's what i you know so i did i did talk to him i just didn't know him do you feel that um because you prayed to god as a kid and you didn't and he didn't come through he didn't he didn't intervene 
your dad still abused you your dad sexually abused you Mm -hmm. do you feel like that in turn put like a wall between you and god no no i don't believe so no um no i i just um, the um i was pretty resilient uh you know it's People would always comment me on my smile, and I would always and I would always say, "Well, the bigger my smile, the more problems I'm hiding," and which was true, which was which was totally totally true. But my I had strength, and I made it through all of that. I just never could figure out why or how I made it through all of that. There was, a, I was broken. I am I am I was literally broken and confused and lost. But there was still like this hope in me you know that that something something good is going to happen that's absolutely amazing and you ended up getting pregnant as a teen when you were 14 years old 14 yes and yes i was 14 and um she was planned i want to say um because i don't want anybody to ever think that she was um she was an accident she was planned i was saving my lunch money my 50 cent pieces um because me and her dad were going to you know run away and 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 you know be a family um she did come a little bit earlier than we had anticipated uh i was i wanted to get pregnant my my sophomore year not my freshman year but she was definitely planned wow and so you had a baby when you're 14 and then Tell us about that journey. You were married to her. Fa- you ended up getting married. I did. Well, that's when the abuse start hit. The abuse started with him. Um, is when I was pregnant. Um, he he cheated on me several times, and and, and uh, this is just as girlfriend and boyfriend, and and you know, teenage high school stuff. Um, but that was heartbreaking to me that somebody could do that to another person because um, I didn't understand that. And then, um, but yeah, uh, that was. It was pretty incredible. I mean, you know, I was a baby having a baby. Um, I know that I didn't have any support from my mom and dad. Um, my mom, that was, that was another thing that I remember telling my mom when I was pregnant. And um, she would she came into my room that evening um, after calling me several many names and, um, you know, making me feel less than a human at that point in time but I remember her coming into my bedroom and she was stroking my hair and um, I woke up and she said she she reassured me that everything was going to be okay and I just hugged her um, but then she had she had said something that I didn't agree with and the next thing I know she's pulling me off the bed and kicking me in the stomach and telling me you know that sh- she's going to kill my baby and so I'm screaming at the at the top of my lungs, and my dad and my uncle and my brothers come running into the room. And by that time, my mom had ran into the um, living room, and um, you know was nowhere to be found. And they were asking me what was wrong. Anyway, needless to say, making a long, very long story short, um, my mom comes in from behind and says, "What's going on?" She's rubbing her eyes and saying, "What's going on?" And um, anyway, and acting like she had not a clue of what what ha- was happening. Were were you just so protective of this child? I mean, it's incredible to think that a fourteen year old has the maturity to like protect life to the degree that I know you did. I mean, I know you felt like this was a gift from God. Um, yeah, and. When you say protect, um, I know that I know the life that I had 
growing up, and I was not going to give my daughter that life. I was going to be, be I was going to be a good mom. I was going to be the best mom that I could possibly be. And you are a really good mom. You're an amazing mom. Well, <laughs> no, you are. You have had a journey, but you're an amazing, an amazing mom. And you've you've chosen your kids, and your kids are amazing. I know your daughter Alicia, and she's amazing. She is amazing. <laughs> she's absolutely one hundred percent amazing. And I know your grandson Tyler, <laughs> who I thought was your son, <laughs> because he's literally old enough to be your son. Yeah. He's your grandson, though. Yeah. Um, but he's one of the most special young men ever um, yes. to me. And I just um, am so grateful for just the influence that you've had on your family. And I think, you know, knowing what you know about your life and your testimony and that you came to the Lord when you were 53 years old, you are still probably recovering from the, the tr- in, in a way, the trauma of like, oh my gosh, like... 53 years of life without God is a lot of stuff. Well, that I, you're and still- I asked him about that. I did. It's just like, why did you take so long? <laughs> you know, and it wasn't basically, it, you know, I'm sure that in that 53 years of life that he did reach out to me. I just wasn't ready to hear him. I know. I was going to say, I wonder if he was asking you the same question. Exactly. <laughs> but he already knew. That's just it. He already knew. He knew, he knew exa- the exact time, the exact day, um, the exact moment, everything of when. When I was when you were going to come to him, when you were going to find, and he knew who to use too. Oh my gosh! So we're going to talk about that the next broadcast because we only have three minutes this broadcast. But a couple of final words to kind of wrap this up in a positive, right? Um, And listeners, please listen next week because we're going to continue this conversation. Um, You get saved when you're 53 years old, and your journey from 53 till now Mm. uh, has been incredible. God has like put you on a fast track, again, seatbelt fastened, (laughs) right? But, but the thing about you that I love, I love a lot of things about you, but he has put you on a fast track, but you're not like impetuous and you're not like on a race for life. Like there is a piece that you have. And in fact, you were the visionary behind this women's conference. It was your vision to do it on abide this time. Yes. And the Lord is using you in such powerful ways, Dr. Sherry, to help women of various testimonies who've been through various things. Some of them have been through things similar to you. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been through things that you've never even heard of, but God is using you. And the thing that I love about this conference this year, um, October 8th, Sunday, here in Bakersfield, California, at the Westchester Event Center, you can register online at summitbiblecollege.com. The tickets are $40. It's going to be amazing. There's a meal included. It's really good food. But the thing is that when I look at you, I know that you abide in God's love. And when I look at the flyer and when I look at the speakers and I know the agenda of the day, I know that this is something from your heart, from God, that's being birthed out. It's like this is your conference. This is your vision. And it's coming to pass. I love that. And so thank you for sharing such vulnerable details of your life. And this story does end on a happy note. And I know we kind of ended on a little bit of a, of a low note there. But Dr. Sherry is going to continue her conversation on her testimony this next broadcast. We encourage you, visit us online at summitbiblecollege.com. Download a catalog. Figure out what we have coming up. Because aside from this women's conference, we have Bible classes galore. So look us up. <laughs> we have to end this show. We'll see you next week. God bless. This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College. College.